thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Pull up a rock by the campfire. It's time for that paleo show with your hosts, Sarah Stewart, Steve Hayter, and the man with no shoes, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Sarah Stewart. I'm Steve Hayter. And I'm Brett Hill. Well, it's coming around to that time of the year. Easter is fast approaching and we know that it means many different things for a lot of people and we want to help make sure that it's an easy and enjoyable time that's spent well doing whatever it is that you love. So we're going to talk about all things health uh, this Easter. So, Brett, I know that you've got um, a couple of really great stories that you could perhaps kick us off with uh, that we were talking about before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Easter, obviously, for me, with two little kids, is all about the kids. So, you know, I'm really excited this Easter. I'm going to have four days just with the kids just to to have lots of great quality time. And and that's, you know what, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Like, we're going to spend this whole episode probably talking about food and perhaps some delicious treats that you can make and, and some really cool things you can do over Easter. But I think it's easy to forget kind of what Easter's all about. You know, like Easter, and for some people, obviously, Easter is a very religious holiday, and that's great. Uh, but for others, it's more just about spending quality time with the people you love and having an opportunity to do some fun stuff with them. So, you know, for me, as I'm heading into Easter, my my thoughts around that are really around how can I love and nourish my kids as much as I can this weekend. And so, you know, obviously the food comes into that as a big part of that, but it's also about just spending quality time, you know, maybe having a bit of a sleep in and a cuddle, you know, um, going and doing some fun activities, whether it's hiking or walking or kayaking or fishing or, you know, whatever it is we're going to do over the weekend. So it's really all about figuring out, you know, how we can just sort of share the love over Easter. And so for me, a big part of that is the food stuff because, you know, I, my way of thinking about loving my kids with food is not about saying, well, okay, well, it's Easter, so, you know, I want my kids to feel loved, so I'm going to give them whatever they want. You know, I'm, I'm not going to – because for me, that would be nourishing them and loving them in the moment but not necessarily nourishing and loving them for the long term, you know. So, you know, if I'm giving them stuff that I know is going to make them feel crabby and grumpy and tired tomorrow, then I don't feel like for me – and, and different people will feel differently about this and that's okay. But for me, then I don't feel like that's loving my kids the best way I can. So my goal around Easter is for me to say, well, how can I make Easter so much fun, so much, so joyable for my kids, um, but also do it in a really healthy way so that they're getting the fun bits of Easter, but they're also getting the benefits of getting some great healthy food as well. So, you know, I've got a few recipes that we'll, we'll talk about as we go along um, of, you know, just fun stuff that we're going to make in the kitchen over the weekend. But like I said, fun activities, all that sort of stuff. So it's really about having a, a loving weekend with your family and with the people you love, I reckon. Nice. Brett, I'm, uh, I'm interested just to, just to get the white elephant in the room out of the way straight away. Easter for a lot of people means chocolate. And uh, does that mean that if you're uh, following the paleo lifestyle, the paleo way that you have to go without chocolate? No, no way. Is <laughs> that not a chance in the world? No, it's Easter. You've got to do chocolate at Easter, I reckon. And the great thing is, you can do chocolate, and chocolate can be a health food if you do it right. 
How cool is that? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, that's pretty great. And you're always reading articles, you know, uh, in the, the paper or online about uh, the benefit of dark chocolate. It, it's even mm. been um, labelled as a, a health food. So I think it's all key to, to look about your choices and, and go for perhaps those chocolates that are, have a higher percentage of, of dark chocolate in them. Uh, and I know there's heaps out there. Steve and I love Panna chocolate, and mm. that's a really great choice that um, I'm certainly happy to go with for this Easter. Yeah, and there are there are choices like uh, carob. Is is that how you say it, Brett? Carob chocolate, or well, we had this discussion before, <laughs> didn't we? I don't, I don't know. I've I've heard carob and I've heard carob, and I've always wondered which one is actually the right one. So we kind of figured there might be some sort of Facebook poll going on yeah, across yeah. the Easter weekend where we might get our listeners to let us know if it's carob or carob because I'm dying to know what the right answer is. <laughs> get on our Facebook when you hear this and and tell us whether it's carob or oh, carob. And uh, perhaps tell us how you use it as well. What's uh, what's some ways that you get a little bit fancy with it? It's really nice by itself. Have you had it by itself? The the um like the casing that it comes in, not those rock hard seeds inside, Brett. But have you had it dried before? I think I have actually. So I, I, good. I have yeah. a feeling that Dr. Yana brought that into the practice one time, and we were just kind of munching on yeah. that, and it was quite cool. I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, it's kind of caramelly, like yeah, and chewy. Yeah, I didn't mind that. I have so a- coming back to the chocolate stuff. Right, and I think it's really important for people to understand like the difference between dark chocolate and dark chocolate because there's so many dark chocolates out there on the market. Mm. And so, one of the things I always say to people is, is exactly what you said, Sarah, which is look at the percentage of cacao solids that are in there. All right, because often you go to the supermarket and there's just this wall of different chocolates, and many of them are labelled as dark chocolate. But you turn it over, and some of them might have like. 40% cacao, yeah. you know, whereas others are 85, even 90% cacao, right? So obviously there's a significant difference in there. And typically the difference for a lot of them is that what's not made up for with cacao is often made up for with sugar. And if you have a look at the, the sort of sugar content in those, you'll see a huge difference between the two. So um, I think having a look at how much cacao is in the chocolate you make, you're getting is a really great thing to do. Um, and often for people, they'll find that that will change as their paleo journey sort of goes on as well. Like the further you get into your paleo journey, the the less you tend to crave the really sweet flavors and the more you can sort of deal with a bit more of that sort of bitterness or, or less sweet, less sugary. And in fact, often the more you prefer the less sweet, less sugary flavors as well. So, you know, for many people, as they get further into their paleo journey, they'll start to go for kind of that darker and darker chocolate and and like I said, not just the, you know, dyed darker chocolate, but the actual darker chocolate because it's got more cacao in it. And I think that's really important. And then the other aspect to that is, as I just said, is the sweetener. So a lot of the chocolates do have sugar in them, uh, but some of the other brands that we're now talking about have different things. Now, I, I tend to steer clear of some, well, I do steer clear of the artificial sweeteners, um, but even some of the more natural sweeteners like stevia and those sort of things that are still pretty heavily processed I tend to still steer clear of those. I know there's a lot of those on the market now as well. Mm. Um, and, and I like to move more towards stuff with natural sugars like honey and maple syrup and, and that kind of stuff in there. Um, or even, you know, if you're doing it at home, it might be dates. It might be, you know, all sorts of different stuff that you can use to, to sweeten it. Um, because I just think that those are things that your body's going to tend to deal with a whole lot better than either the artificial sugars or just the pure, you know, cane sugars as well. And that links back into, you know, how you reward your family and set them up for success and make sure you're enjoying your time together, Brett. 
And I think it's really wonderful to, to perhaps look at some more traditional ways. Quite often we've already got the answers, we just have to find them. And I remember quite fondly when I was young, we used to actually boil eggs and then drop in, I think it was food dye into the water. Um, and then we'd have a, an Easter hunt with actual boiled eggs. Fancy that at Easter time. <laughs> Um, and there's a whole heap of activities that you can arrange to do with your family or your loved ones. And another great idea that I think I got from Rob Wolf was uh, bunny baskets. So you can gift your children, it might sound a little bit odd, but an empty basket and then go along to the markets and let them fill it up with, you know, healthy choices or, or whatever they choose of fresh, beautiful, wonderful produce that you can come home and prepare together and enjoy so there's a whole wealth of ideas out there that you can uh, engage in and, and make the most of. I, I actually thought that you were going to give them a basket with a baby bunny in it then. Oh, my goodness. I did. Can I, I have was, one of those? I was just imagining like kind of, you know, fattening it up for dinner later on. Or, oh, you know. I don't want one anymore. <laughs> you just went there. <laughs> oh, well, it was Rob Wolf, like, you know, it could have been. <laughs> True. Oh, that's funny. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing something very similar with my kids. So we actually just went down the other day. We went down to, like, the local $2 shop and I kind of just went, all right, go nuts. We're going to find stuff that we're going to hunt for at Easter time. So cool. instead of doing a traditional sort of, you know, or I guess more recently traditional chocolate Easter egg hunt, um, we basically just went around the $2 shop. I got a little blue basket for Tom, a little pink basket for Charlotte, and I went, okay, guys, go nuts, like find some stuff that you want to hunt. And so they found like, you know, there's these chalk Easter eggs, so Easter eggs made out of chalk. Oh, yeah. They can then use to sort of draw on the ground. Um, Tom decided he'd quite like some party poppers, so he's going to hunt for some party poppers. Um, Charlotte found some uh, frozen because, you know, frozen is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if you guys realize this because you don't have kids, but frozen is just ridiculous at the moment. So Charlotte found these little frozen trinkets and like hairbands and stuff. So she's going to be hunting for those. Mm-hmm. And then we found all these just little um, baby chickens basically, <laughs> these little toy baby chickens. So we just got a whole bunch of stuff. And so on Easter, I'm just gonna I'm gonna hide those around the garden, and the kids are just gonna go and find these fun things, and I'm gonna very carefully supervise Tom while he does his party poppers, and um, and but that'll be really fun. So you know, it doesn't have to be. I think the thing that we get stuck on sometimes is we think, yeah, but it's Easter. I want my kids to have fun. I want them to enjoy it. You know, I don't want to be a wowser. I don't want to be a stickler. I don't want to deny them the opportunity to do this stuff. But a lot of the time that's just because we're sort of stuck in our head about the way we think things have to be done. And to be quite frank, the kids don't care. They don't know the way things, quote, unquote, should be done. They don't know the rules about what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do at Easter. And they don't care. So long as it's fun for them, they're having a blast. They don't even realize that it's different and they don't even care that it's different. They're doing something fun. They're having a ball. And that's the important thing, I reckon. And I think it's a really great opportunity as well to um, go back to looking at food and where it comes from. I mean, when a chicken lays an egg, it's not a chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about doing the dyed ones you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, any opportunity to get kids or big kids as well, hands-on and involved. It's all about that engagement and the conversation and that spontaneous learning and joy. So there's so many uh, things that we can do and there's endless blogs. If you look on Pinterest for paleo Easter ideas, uh, you'll be absolutely bombarded with different things you can do. Uh, Steve, I'm keen to know uh, what Easter ideas you think would be fun. Yeah, one of the cool things that I found um, that I think is a really great idea is um, to if you if you've got some Easter egg molds or some some fun shaped molds, 
Um, one of the really cool things that you can make are um, Easter Easter bunny gummies, and you can do this with the gelatin. And there are a, 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 so many recipes out there, but it's really simple stuff to create your own gelatin uh, Easter babies or Easter bunnies, and um, they're fun. They you know they they appeal because they're visually pleasing and that they're little bunnies. And, um, you know, you can, you can make them sweet without sugar and stuff like that as well. So they're a really cool alternative to, to chocolate. And, um, yeah, that's, that's what I had. What, what have you got, Sarah or Brett? Well, that inspired me. I remember at uh, Christmas time, your sister, Daniela, actually made some amazing homemade chocolate. Oh, yeah. And you could easily put that into bunny molds, and I know that was absolutely delicious. So I think she even might have a recipe. We should check out Wellness on Wheels to see uh, some more information there. But I know it's really simple. Brett, you make your own chocolate as well, don't you? I do. I do. So I made my own chocolate last year for Easter. And uh, and that was pre Thermomix, right? So that was before Uh-oh. I had my. Ther- so I made some chocolate, and to be honest, my chocolate last year wasn't great. <laughs> it was like it was a little bit too dark because um, I went a bit overboard on the on the cacao. I went a bit too far, and and I kind of I did burn it just a little bit. So it was just a bit of a funky flavor. To be honest, it was a bit bitter. And to be honest, myself and my kids didn't really care. We we kind of hooked into it, and we're used to having that sort of stuff, and so we just liked it anyway. Um, but some of the other, you know, the grandparents who came around and some of my friends who I sort of offered it to weren't really that impressed with it. So I thought, well, this year I'm going to have to try again. And now that I've got my Thermomix, I was like, okay, I can do this cool raw chocolate. So I started doing the, I started trying to do the same recipe I did last year in the Thermomix and, um, and it became a bit of a disaster. Like I got about halfway through and realized it just wasn't working for whatever reason. I was doing something wrong. And so, you know, I'm, I'm going to name drop here. So I like got on my, I got on the internet. I got on my Facebook and started talking to Joe Whitten because, as you do, I'm like, well, that Thermomix, you've got to go straight, straight to, to the, the source. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, Joe, this is where I'm at. I'm having a bit of a trouble here. I'm having a bit of a disaster. Can you talk me through it? And so she sort of talked me through how to correct my recipe that I had. I added a bit more sweetness into it. I upped the temperature a little bit. So I did it at like 50 instead of 37 degrees on the Thermomix. So technically it wasn't raw chocolate anymore, but that's okay. We survived. And, uh, and they turned out okay. They were all right. But... Since then, I, I decided to do some more investigation. Joe told me that I should speak to her co-host on A Quirky Journey, which if people haven't listened into the new A Quirky Journey podcast on the Wellness Couch, they should because it's awesome. And her co-host, the ever effervescent Leah, has been doing some great dark chocolate. So I've now got the recipe. And, and so this is a recipe that I haven't actually tried yet, um, but I'm going to do – this is what I'm actually going to do for Easter because it's a modification on what I've done and I reckon this is going to be better than what I did. Mm. And so – the recipe for the chocolate is it is 200 grams of cacao butter. It has two cups of cacao. It has two tablespoons of honey. It has one teaspoon of vanilla and it has a pinch of salt. So this is just kind of a recipe that's a bit of a mismatch of like what Leah does and what Joe does. So I kind of just – it's now my recipe, right? I'm just going to claim it. But basically what you need to do, if you've got the Thermomix, then you just do it um, – in your Thermomix, you can melt it at 37 degrees and then start mixing it all together. If you don't have that, then you just – what I did last year, and I think if I did it again this year, I'd do it a lot more successfully, but was I just sort of double-boiled it. And so you just double-boil it on low heat. So you get like a of water and then put your little pan over the top and just very, very low heat, just melt it. And so you just melt the cacao butter and then basically once that's all melted, you put all the other ingredients in. And you, you just stir it around for about 10 minutes on really low heat. 
Um, and then you pour that into molds. So I, got, I just went to the like once again. I went to like the two dollar shop. They had all these really cool molds of like Easter bunnies and love hearts and whatever else the kids picked out that they wanted to do. And uh, and so you just pour it into those, chuck it straight into the freezer, and hey presto, awesome chocolates. So oh, um, those are really good. They, I love them, and I love them just as much as any other chocolate I could or would buy from the shops. So once again, I don't feel like we're missing out at all. Um, it's actually a really, it's a pretty nutrient dense food. Actually, you got heaps of magnesium in the cacao, the cacao butter. Obviously, you got lots of healthy fats in there, um, lots of nutrients in the honey. Um, it's actually, it's actually a pretty darn healthy food. You know, we, we think of it as being something extravagant or something unhealthy, but really, that's pretty much a health food. Yeah. Do you find you can't eat as much in terms of quantity because oh. it is so rich and decadent? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like particularly the ones I made last week, which as I said, the recipe probably needs to be tweaked a bit, but they were so rich. Like my dad, who is the biggest sugar tooth you've ever met in your life, and he got about halfway through one of them was like, wow, that's too rich. Like I can't even eat the whole thing. So yeah, they're definitely, they're really rich and um, you definitely find you won't eat anywhere near as much of that as you would, um, you know, your, your store-bought, I almost said a brand then, but you know, just your regular store-bought varieties. Um you know, I think it comes back to, you know, Damien always talks about this in his Power of Food talk, how he talks about the intelligence in food and how real food has intelligence and your body knows when to stop. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the case here. Your body just goes, yeah, that's probably about enough and, you, and you'll just stop. You won't eat anywhere near as much as you would with the store-bought varieties. That's lots of winning. There's no sugar coma pending after enjoying yourself, which is great because it means that you've got plenty of time to go and enjoy some non-food fun. Yeah, and do you know what? I I don't even feel guilty if I wake up in the morning and like go to the fridge and eat one. That's how good they are. How's that? (laughs) That brings me back to a childhood memory. I always used to love birthday cake, but the best time to have it was the day after my birthday that morning for breakfast. How terrible is that? Nice, I love it. Well, see, now you're just going to make it with the right ingredients and you can do that guilt-free. How good's that? (laughs) I think you're onto a winner there, so we'll have to stay tuned for the birthday episode now. But um, as I mentioned, and of course I'm going to mention it, I love all things fitness and movement and primal play. So Easter's a great opportunity to have some non-food fun, especially in Australia. We love getting outside. So Get the kids moving or get the adults moving. It's a really good idea. You could gift people active toys instead of Easter eggs, things like skipping ropes or balls and frisbees. It doesn't have to be extravagant. Uh, take a, a leaf out of Brett's page and rock on down to the $2 show, uh, shop. There's so many cool things in $2 shops. But what I'm basically saying is get outside and soak up the vitamin D and have some fun. Sidewalk chalk or chalk Easter eggs as well are really great um, just for being outside and being creative as well. So, Steve, have you got anything that you enjoyed doing as a child or even now outside? Oh, yeah, totes. Totes, totem tennis. That oh, was the bomb. Yeah. yeah stick nice. It in, stick it in the grass in the backyard and smash it as hard as you can. And if you've had too much to drink, it comes back and hits you. But, um, <laughs> you, you know, that's a bit of fun. And uh, frisbee. Frisbee for me is super fun and um, it's good in, in uh, confined space or if you can go down to the park and stuff as well. Um, that kind of thing is good to get moving. Or just, uh, you know, take, take the family for a walk around the block, like simple yeah. stuff. Get people talking outside away from you know the tv or or uh, whatever it might be and um and help you know help with that digestion from from too many of brett's uh 
fancy dark chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I'm I gotta be honest, I'm not the most religious person in the world. Um I went to a religious school and so I learned a few things there, but but I can't exactly remember what I learned. But I do seem to remember that, that Easter has and one particular day in Easter, are you not supposed to you're supposed to eat fish, right? Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Good Friday. No there you go. So Good Friday you're supposed to eat fish. So wouldn't that be a great opportunity to take the kids down and do a bit of fishing? How much fun would that hey. be? The kids right? and Steve. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'll I'll invite you along next Thanks. time, Steve. I promise. <laughs> I promise. We did we did catch some very small whiting off of the Brighton Jetty last weekend. That was good fun. So yeah, next I, time we'll invite you along. I got a few at Brighton Jetty as well, but they were too small. So yeah, so were ours. Yeah. That, but that's okay. The kids didn't mind. They were just happy to catch them. Particularly, we caught a puffer fish. They thought that was fantastic. <laughs> they were just fascinated by that. <laughs> So what about hot cross buns? Can I talk about hot cross buns a little bit? Oh, please do because that is something that's been a paleo taboo for me. I used to love nothing better than waking up and toasting one of those and lathering butter on it, but Mm. I haven't found a good alternative yet. So, Brett, enlighten me. I'm going to tell you the secret because I made hot cross buns. I made paleo hot cross buns this week, and if you don't mind me saying so myself, they were pretty darn good. Like I was seriously happy with these. So... Um, the recipe, you know, I was like, where am I going to find paleo hot crust buns? I Googled it. The first one that comes up, of course, is our good friends at the Merrymaker Sisters. So I went, okay, well, if the Merrymaker Sisters think it's all right, then I reckon it's probably a bit of all right. So I went with there. So if you Google the Merrymaker Sisters and paleo hot crust buns, you'll actually find a couple of recipes. So they did last year, they posted one. So if you look at the date on it, it says 2014, you'll see the ones that I made. And then this year they've released some new recipes, which I think are, are nut-free and fruit-free as well. So if you want to wow. go even sort of further on your paleo stuff, then it's even more, you know, it's particularly for people who, who have some intolerances with nuts or whatever it might be, there's some other options there for you. Uh, but I kind of like my nuts and I kind of like my fruit, so I went, no, I'm going to go with last year's recipe because it looked really good. And so, um, so I, I just Googled that, I found it, and I made them. And I tell you what, they were seriously, seriously good. So I have actually, the kids and I polished off the last of them last night. Um, so we're going to have to make another batch ready for Easter because we got a bit excited. Um, but they're basically like almond meal, coconut flour, maple syrup, eggs. Um, their recipe has uh, 250 grams of grass-fed butter. Uh, but it does also say you can use ghee or coconut oil. So I use coconut oil. Um, it had grated apples. It had sultanas, a little bit of nutmeg and a little bit of cinnamon Really easy recipe, like super easy to do. You just mix it up in a bowl. I actually, you know what, I tried to mix it up in my Thermomix and it didn't actually mix that well. I realized about halfway through I would have been better off just putting it into a big bowl and mixing it with a wooden spoon because <laughs> it actually would have worked better. So that's what I'm going to do next time. Um, and then the trick with it is you've got to do the the crosses on the top, right? And so it's super easy. It's just coconut flour and water and you just mix that up into a little bit of a paste. Now, the challenge I've got with this, and I'm hoping some of our listeners are going to be able to help me out with this, is that whenever I try and pipe that mixture of coconut water, flour and water, you know, you put it into the little Ziploc bag, you cut the little hole out the corner and you try and squeeze it through. Every time I do that, all I end up doing is squeezing the water out of the coconut flour. Now, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because apparently other people could do this and it seems to work. I end up having to like get it on the spoon and kind of make these dodgy looking crosses just from, you know, <laughs> pushing it off of the edge of my spoon. So if one of the listeners out there can tell me how you actually pipe the coconut flour and water mixture to make better crosses, put it on our Facebook so that the rest of the listeners can get that too because yeah, I couldn't. Be I tried and I couldn't figure it out. Having said that, even with the slightly dodgy crosses, and, and perhaps Sarah can share the picture of these off of my Instagram for the Facebook, 
Um, even with the slightly dodgy crosses, they were seriously good hot crust buns, like as good as any I've had before. The the fruit, the apple and the sultanas in there just made them absolutely delicious. So I was super excited with that. So check out our friends, the Merrymaker Sisters. They've got the gun hot crust bun recipe. So, uh, Brett, when are you making the next batch, just out of interest? <laughs> well, it's going to be over Easter, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I'm not sure. The, the kids and I are going to sit down and make them together. So, you know, if you want to steal food out of my child's mouth, <laughs> just, just come around and do so. <laughs> you, you might get a fight on your hands, though, because they were pretty good. I'm not fighting Tom and Charlotte. No way. No way. Um, I'd like to introduce a couple of, I guess, different sort of approaches into our conversation. And... The first one of those being if you do choose to have some chocolate that isn't perhaps so paleo, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. We know that mindset and attitude is really important and at the end of the day you have to make the best decisions for you based on the information that you have at the time and based on what's going to be best for your family. So we don't want guilt to be introduced at any time. We want to share ideas and knowledge and and help you to make informed decisions. But whatever you do, don't introduce guilt into the equation. I guess something that I would like to maybe suggest is if you do have some non-paleo chocolate or whatever you want to call it, Easter eggs from the shops, Maybe mix it up and add lots of healthy things into the mix as well. We know that when we talk about, you know, introducing a healthier lifestyle, we tell people to add things in. So I'm suggesting the same approach. Sure, you might have some Easter eggs, add in some other healthy options. The Easter Bunny eats carrots, right? So, you know, add in lots of healthy options as well to to spread out the load in the mix. So that was my two cents worth there. Steve, what do you think about that? I think it's spot on, you know. I think um, especially if you're spending time with uh, with your family, um, unless you sort of take full control over um, putting the food on it, you, you're gonna it's gonna be unavoidable to have these types of situations. So, you know, um, there are a lot of people that say that they're paleo eighty twenty. Uh, if you if you're bred, it's one hundred and ten percent, and you know <laughs> it's uh, it's um, it's something you're gonna come across. So. You know, it's 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 a day or it's a couple of days with families. Uh, enjoy it. Um, go go with it and, and get on with it. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm not 110%, Steve. I don't want to give everyone the wrong idea. In fact, I'm actually writing an article at the moment for my website which is called Why I Never Cheat on the Paleo Diet, right? But actually what the article is about is not the fact that I never cheat. It's the fact that I just don't consider it cheating, right? So as I said at the start, like what Easter is all about is is loving your family and having a great loving weekend and that includes loving yourself, right? And so if not having that chocolate is going to stress you out so much that it's going to, you know, adversely affect your Easter, it's going to adversely affect your health, then then that's not really loving yourself either. So sometimes just being a bit kinder on yourself, being a bit gentler on yourself, allowing yourself to have that exception or whatever you want to call it, I don't like calling it a cheat because I don't think it's cheating. You're still looking after yourself. You're still doing the right thing by yourself. And so um, I think just remember that, like I said, Easter is all about loving with your family um, and that includes loving yourself. So be kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself and, and understand that, you know what, sometimes having a little exception is the best thing that you can do and sometimes that's because you learn from it and you go, wow, that's right, that's what happens when I do that. <laughs> Other times it's because you just go, do you know what, I needed that today. I'm being kind on myself. I'm, you know, I'm giving myself emotionally perhaps something that I needed as well. Yeah, it's having a realist approach and I think you nailed it, Brett. It's about loving yourself through everything 
And it's pretty funny from a, someone who has been paleo for quite some time. I still engaged in a caramello egg some time ago. I'm not so big on the Cadbury cream eggs. I don't understand the fuss about those. I may get hate mail for saying that, but... Um, <laughs> Caramel was my uh, weapon of choice, I guess, for, for want of a better word. And so last year I went out and I indulged in one of those and it just tasted like plastic rubbish. And I was kind of <laughs> more disappointed that the memory I had of these had been shattered. So I don't know, up to you, either leave the memory intact or uh, go and smash it up to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? How does that happen now? You go back to something you used to love and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. What happened? Such a letdown. <laughs> Brett, we've, uh, we're almost ready to wrap it up. Have you got any final tidbits that you'd like to add? Oh, I think I'm pretty much done for all the stuff I'm going to do over Easter. I'm, I'm just looking. I've literally got my list in front of me of like activities I'm doing over Easter. The only other thing I'm going to do for Easter is we're going to make nut balls as well yeah, um, just because cool. they're kind of a fun sort of Easter egg-ish kind of thing. We could shape um, them into Easter egg shapes. Well, I'm thinking of shaping them into Easter egg shapes and I may even try and go and find some tin foil and wrap them just because that's kind of fun too. So, you know, you can play around with that. And it's just, you know, just your nut. They're just pretty standard sort of recipe in terms of, you know, dates, hazelnuts, almonds, coconut, desiccated coconut, cacao, coconut oil, vanilla essence. You know, it's, it's a, I mean, there's a thousand recipes out there nowadays for nut balls. You'll find one that you like. And um, that's just another really fun thing. My kids, I guarantee you, they love that as much, if not more, than any other chocolate you can give them. So, it's a great chocolatey treat they can have over Easter, which once again is, is a health food. It's got great nutrients in it. That's awesome. So there you have it. I guess at the end of the day, think about your why behind Easter and, and the outcome that you want for your family. We've shared a bunch of ideas. To summarise, if you're going to buy chocolate, have a look at the recipe. Go for a high cacao content. Uh, make sure you're outside and moving. It's not just about the food. Get the activities cranking, whatever your family loves and enjoys, and jump online. There's so many resources and ideas, and we would absolutely love to hear about your Easter and your plans for Easter. Um, so share the conversation on that paleo show. We're very keen to, to know about what you do and share the joy there. So as always, we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did. Remember, you can join the conversation by liking that paleo show on Facebook and following us on Instagram. Until next week, continue to share your story and help to grow the paleo tribe worldwide. And on behalf of Brett, Steve and myself, I'd like to wish you all a very happy Easter. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.